You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. I'm headed to Super Bowl 56 for SN, so looking forward to that. Maybe some crossover action later in the week here between our shows. We have Locked On Rams, Locked On Bengals, our Peacock and Williamson show, all kinds of good stuff there on location for you for Super Bowl week, so excited to be part of the network at this time. Excited to still talk fantasy football here. We're going to break down the tight end scoring from the 2021 season. This is looking at half-point PPR. The top tight ends here, 1 through 12, who are essentially your starters, and going beyond that, 18, 24, getting deep into it. And then we'll use our final segment to react to two new hires in Florida, both offensive-minded, Doug Peterson, the former Chiefs offensive coordinator, and Eagles Super Bowl winning head coach. He's taking over the Jaguars after the one-year stint of Urban Meyer. And in Miami after three seasons, Brian Flores uh, unfortunately dismissed there. And they went to Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator of the 49ers. So he comes over from the Kyle Shanahan tree. So two intriguing hires. We'll talk about that. Two offensive-minded hires, which is also important with two young quarterbacks involved. So we'll talk about that in our final segment. Before we do that, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. Our title sponsor for this episode is Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. All right, let's go down the list here. We'll first do our top half of tight end ones. This is half point PPR, then we'll get into the back ends and the borderlines and see where they can go from here to build on this or fade in 2022. Mark Andrews isn't going anywhere. He just played a nice Pro Bowl here for the Ravens. He's a stud. He's pretty much a wide receiver the way they use him all over the field there. Great red zone finisher. Monster season here for Mark Andrews. Didn't matter who was under center there for the Ravens, you had Lamar Jackson lighted up with him. You had Tyler Huntley lighted up with Mark Andrews. So he developed as a stud. Marquise Brown was up and down. He was hot, early, cold in, later in the season. Rashad Bateman had a stretch. But Andrews was their consistent receiver. We thought he could have a big year in this offense. He's in his prime. And Lamar and Tyler really delivered here for Mark. So we really like Andrews. Athletic, tough guy to stop. But you had a great value here. People were jumping on Travis Kelsey and George Kittle a little bit earlier. If you waited and took Mark Andrews as your tight end, he was just dominant and consistent. And he was very good for me. I got into a final using Mark Andrews there. I invested an early pick on him, knowing he was going to be a focal point of the Ravens offense a little bit more than usual. And really paid off nicely for me. He was one of my biggest scorers and really carried my team in a lot of weeks. So that means Travis Kelsey was number two. Yeah, he's not going to drop any lower than Trav number two with Travis Kelsey. He was rolling as the dominant number one. He had that stretch where he was a little bit quiet, mid to late season. Then he got hot again to make sure he finished as tight end two. Really, there was a big drop off. You had George Kittle also get hurt. So 
really there was only one choice for Travis Kelsey end up at number two again fade from number one it's an upset whenever he's not number one on the board especially when people are using first and second round picks where you're waiting on Andrews probably third fourth fifth round at the most here for Andrews so yeah, it was a better value to get Andrews than Kelsey. Not by much, but Kelsey is getting a little older. Andrews a little bit more in his prime. Still, Kelsey, I think, has at least one more really good season. He didn't look slowing down at all here. We saw the playoffs. He was a big factor. So, Kelsey can easily take his top spot back, but I think it's between him and Andrews for next year again. Dalton Schultz might surprise you, but he finishes the third tight end on the board. We thought it was not going to be a big year for Dalton Schultz. He had a lot of big games in a row however and to stretch that out and really delivered and a lot of this was developed by injuries to other guys slow starts for other guys inconsistency Schultz was pretty much steady here even though they had the three receivers Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper keep in mind Gallup got hurt in the first game that expanded Schultz's role again they didn't really try to use other tight ends in this mix and we didn't see CeeDee Lamb as consistently being the guy down the middle Zach Prescott's arm was a little bit hurting here so Dak went a lot to Schultz here. So Dalton Schultz a very nice here. Another Stanford product there. So we know Stanford has been good to tight ends in the past. And uh, definitely Schultz is one of those guys in that line here following Zach Ertz and Austin Hooper. All right, next guy on the board was George Kittle. So Kittle still ends up as the tight end four on the board. Not too far off from his surprise second drafting there at the position. So that's not bad. If he had stayed healthy, I think he definitely would have finished there and maybe contended for with Kelsey for that number two spot. So solid year for Kittle. Did a little bit more production. It helped that Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy for the season. And Trey Lance didn't have to start all that much. Garoppolo and Kittle, gate, great chemistry there. So pretty solid here with the returns, but not maybe as big as you expected. Next is the rising star, Dawson Knox. I think he has a better chance to stay up in the top five than Dalton Schultz here. So... Dawson versus Dalton. I'm going with Dawson. A little bit more involved here with the Bills. We knew it was coming. They could make him a key target. And he really stepped up as the number two behind Stephon Diggs. I think at the worst, he'll be the number two behind Diggs and rising number two wide receiver Gabriel Davis next year. So Knox is still going to be no lower than three. That's what we're looking for in the mix here. George Kittle's got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, Dalton Schultz, uh, really surprised and jumped up to that spot. He could easily go back to the fourth target. We'll see Gallup is a free agent there. But Knox, for sure, is going to be a third target. And Josh Allen is a big-time quarterback scorer. He's the number one on the board. So Knox helped by playing with an elite young quarterback, that's for sure. Finally, it is Rob Gronkowski. He is uh, number six. So, unfortunately, this is at Gronk here. Tom Brady has gone off to the sunset, so that decreases value already. But Gronk, it would be really surprising if he wanted to play one more season. We'll see. He's taking some time to make a decision. His value is going to go down regardless. O.J. Howard is a free agent, so that would help him if he wants to stay in Tampa. He may want out in a different situation as well. So we'll see. But I would expect Gronk to ride off here without his buddy Brady in the league anymore. All right, we will uh, break things down here in the next wave of tight end ones that finish. So those are your top six, Andrews, Kelsey, Schultz, Kittle, Knox, and Gronkowski. We'll get to the next six and then uh, look a little beyond that here in our next segment. Again, close with reaction to those coaching hires that just went down. This is a time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. It's February, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Bill Bart. It almost feels 
It's not really like resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't tried, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, real chocolate. That includes the Puffs. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built is going to take care of you with the macros chart that you'll be blown away by. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carbs. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new favors are coming out all, all the time. If you think there'd be a new flavor that you're going to check out, you'll check it out at Built.com. It will be delicious, and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15. For 15% off at built.com. All right. Let's continue the show here. We are going to continue breaking down the top tight end scorers there, all the way through number 12 and beyond there for fantasy football from 2020. It's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside. There's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Lockdown NFL podcast, Lockdown Bengals, Lockdown Rams. We mentioned are all in Los Angeles as well as me through Sporting News, all week covering the big game all right number seven on the board is dallas goddard he was a bit disappointed and disappointing not getting the ball here from jalen hurts consistently but it came to fruition late he had one big game but not up to what we expected here but still finished in the top 12 this kind of says the position was a little bit underwhelming I think it's interesting the guy that was right after him, it's Zach Ertz, his former Eagles teammate. So Goddard, we thought he was going to break away from Ertz, have a big year. Well, he scored just about at Ertz's level. And keep in mind, Ertz transitioned from the Eagles to the Cardinals in the middle of the season. And they needed Ertz with Max Williams going down. So Ertz had a bigger role than we expected. Goddard maybe had a lesser role than expected for Ertz. So kind of met in the middle between Ertz and Jalen Murray, or Kyler Murray, <laughs> Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. Two similar quarterbacks from Oklahoma Systems. They trusted these guys. One former Eagle, one current Eagle, and they finished right in the middle there, middle of the road tight ends. Hunter Henry really came on strong a little bit late with the touchdowns. He got consistent there with Mac Jones. Good chemistry there, carrying it into 2022. So he's probably on his way up with Gronk out of this mix. I would expect Ertz fades out of this. He's a free agent. Goddard should bump, bump up as well as Henry here as the number nine tight end of the board. Hunter Henry, a little bit of drop-off from the Chargers, a role that he had when he had his best season, but still very relevant. Kyle Pitts could have scored a few more touchdowns. I think he was really hurt by the Calvin Ridley loss here. Needed that guy to deflect the attention in coverage. It didn't quite happen. Pitts became the focal point. People were taking him out of the game. He still finished as a tight end one. We just were drafting him pretty aggressively as tight end five, six, seven in that range. He finishes at number 10. Makes a lot of sense with the developing circumstances. I think he has a nice bounce back potential as well. One of those guys that could really rock it. He's just that good of a player. He's a first round pick. He's got the pedigree to go up. Mike Gesicki is a free agent here for the Dolphins. So 
He barely sneaks in there as a tight end, went at 11. He disappeared. He was part of the game plan early and said, okay, we're sitting pretty with Mike Kosecki, but kind of faded away as Tua got more into Jalen Waddle and his wide receiver. So Gusecki, again, Tua and Gusecki had good chemistry, but I'm not sure they're going to bring him back here with Mike McDaniel taking over as the head coach. Pat Freermuth comes in as the last tight end of the board. So as a promising rookie, he comes through. A lot of touchdowns there for sure. He kind of was the Heath Miller-like here. Juju Smith-Schuster's loss helped Freermuth's role for sure between uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, especially in the red zone, Ben Roethlisberger. However, gone, so quarterback change. So Freermuth, his value's a bit in flux as we go into 2022. Let's go down the rest all the way through number 24 and what we think about their chances here in 2022. Noah Fant was next. I think he's a guy that we're going to watch for a rise here with a quarterback situation bound to improve here with Nathaniel Hackett. No more Teddy Bridgewater, no more Drew Locke. That's going to help Fant go up. Tyler Higby is pretty much peaked here. This is still a three wide receiver team for the most part, but yeah, Higby was a hard guy to trust. He's off the radar for me at number 14. Deeper leagues, he didn't have all that much appeal and value. Cedar Zama was a streamer. Pretty much that's it. Behind those three receivers, Jamar Chase, Teagans and Tyler Boyd, about where you expect. Darren Waller has a chance to rebound here. Josh McDaniels taking over the offense. We know what he did with Rob Gronkowski. Derek Carr should enjoy having Waller fully healthier. So one guy that really dropped off based on injuries here, uh, almost at uh, wide receiver 617. Same thing with TJ Hawkinson. He started off well, but injuries dropped him. So Waller and Hawkinson, two guys to go up. Jared Cook just keeps changing teams. I don't think you'll see too much from Jared Cook going forward wherever he lands here. Tyler Conklin, keep in mind Irv Smith is coming back there for the Vikings. So Irv Smith is really the better receiver, better overall target. We'll see where they go. They keep Kirk Cousins, the quarterback. But you look at it, uh, Adam Thielen fading a little bit, Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne. Just temper your expectations with Smith replacing Conklin. Gerald Everett went to the Seahawks, didn't have a lot of success. They didn't throw to him still. So again, that was disappointing, but yeah, somewhere off the radar. Cole Komet should be keep going up here with Justin Fields. And their offense here as they move forward without Matt Nagy. So Cole Komet should be featured a little bit more in a breakout potential here in year three. David Ajoku is number 22. Right behind him two spots later is Austin Hooper. So they kind of wiped each other out here. And you also have to worry about uh, Harrison Bryant there. So really unfortunate uh, situation with those two tight ends. Really stuck in a committee in a really bad quarterback situation. So off the radar for me, Hooper's a little bit older. Pretty good blocker in Joku. Pretty much is uh, limited in what we've seen from him as a first-round pick. Speaking of first-round picks in the real draft, Evan Ingram, he's sandwiched there at number 23. We'll see if the Giants' situation improves, but I think they'll probably pivot here. With Brian Dable, I don't think he's going to be the new Dawson Knox. I think they're going to use more 11 personnel, three wide receivers here for Daniel Jones and another quarterback here. So that rounds out to really go all the tight end twos there, what we think, and uh, some other people... On the radar, we'll see if a Jalen Weidermeyer of Texas A&M, he's a promising tight end in the draft, or Trey McBride of Colorado State, if they can tap in and have some success as, as Pat Freeman was his rookies. Some people on the move here. There's a lot of things of this tight end landscape. Not the greatest right now, but I think injuries affected it even worse here and uh, made it uh, a very limited position in fantasy football. All right, that breaks down our breakdown of the tight end scoring and what that means here for 2022. I did tell you at the top that our 
episode here of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by GetUpside. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. Don't pay a full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Back. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two, dollars $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's the promo code TOUCHDOWN only at GetUpside. All right, it's time to close the show. Uh, again, we covered the tight ends pretty well. We can't really go much deeper than that at a one-start position so let's uh go to our coaching reactions here let's start with jacksonville they were first adding to our list so at this time of the show we had seven of nine openings filled not to be confused with star trek there but seven of nine were filled here and uh, doug peterson was a little bit of a pivot we thought it was going to be byron leftwich the former jaguars quarterback returning leaving Tampa, coming back to Jacksonville, and said it's Doug Peterson. They interviewed him. They liked him after the year off from Philadelphia. Interesting situation here. Can he rebound? I think he probably was saying, okay, I'll work with Trevor Lawrence. I can maybe get a redo here after the Carson Wentz situation didn't work as well. So Peterson, the jury's still out. We'll see. His offense kind of faded a little bit, the way he controlled things there in Philadelphia. So a lot of question marks in Jacksonville, but a little bit more functional, we know, than Urban Meyer. Everyone at this point is a more functional coach than Urban Meyer in the NFL. So Peterson, again, should have a nice staff here, good Eagles ways. We know the Eagles have pivoted well with Frank Reich and had success there. We had Matt Nagy had initial success in Chicago before fading Kansas City. This Andy Reid tree, it's a good thing to tap into if you want to get things back settled. So Doug Peterson should make them organized, have a bit of a organized plan as well on offense really centering around Trevor Lawrence who have the good RPO systems to really maximize him. You're going to look at different things at wide receiver. It's going to help the use of the tight end and also Travis Etienne. Hopefully he'll be fully healthy out of the backfield. So like the Peterson influence, I'm not sure how it's going to work overall for them as a team, but I think their offense should certainly function a little bit better than the Daryl Bevel situation we had last year. And Mike McDaniel to the Dolphins. A wonderkind, if you'd say. So he replaces the defensive-minded Brian Flores. McDaniel sold himself by saying, I love Tua Tagvola, pretty much is what the reports are. So he's going to be Tua tuned in there, just like Peterson is going to try to be the Trevor Lawrence whisperer. McDaniel's going to have to accelerate Tua's learning curve here. It makes sense. Good offensive system there with Kyle Shanahan. So the Kyle Shanahan tree getting a little bit more love. We had Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, get a job last year. And Michael Floor went to the Jets as well. So a lot of that influence coming to the AFC East here. Daniel's smart, but he's inexperienced. He's going to really help with the offense, but we don't know what you're going to get from Miami's defense, which is a blitzing, aggressive, effective unit there with Brian Floor. So a lot of things to be determined there. But look, we want these quarterbacks to be in play. We want more quarterback depth in fantasy football. We expected a lot more from Lawrence and Tua in these situations, and they got to catch up. Looking at Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert being really top QBs here. You have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, 
We want Lawrence and Tua to give us some real legitimate uh, options here close to the QB1 scoring, and I think you can get them here with this. So let's see, going forward, excited at least to have offensive-minded coaches to get in with these quarterbacks who, again, the pressure is going to be on year two and year three, respectively, with these two to catch up with some of the young guns in the AFC. So that's what prompted the offensive hires for sure with the Jaguars. And Dolphins, uh, so far I really uh, like what the Bears and Vikings have done. You have Kevin O'Connell there as the head coach of the Vikings, uh, another offensive-minded young guy tied to Sean McVay. So some ex up exciting upside there. Matt Eberflus, I think, is a good hire for the Bears. He'll be hands-off on the offense a little bit, so that can get streamlined and attack. They get some Packers influence in that offense, so that's really good as well. So I really like the Vikings and Bears most. I put the Dolphins down near the Raiders just because McDaniel's improved, unproven, and McDaniel's is being recycled here. So interesting, McDaniel and McDaniel's are two of the head coaching hires here so far. We'll see what the Texans and Saints do. I think uh, the Saints are looking at uh, potentially Eric Bieniemy. He was born in New Orleans before he went to California, so Eric Bieniemy would be nice because that would give us some quarterback upside there. I think he would look for someone who can be his next Mahomes there. I don't think he would go in the Taysom Hill gadgetry route or Jameis Winston. He would want somebody legitimate there. So that would bring some excitement in New Orleans if Eric Bieniemy finally got his head coaching job and landed in a really good situation there. And the Texans, we do have some reaction. This happened uh, while we were uh, recording that uh, it is Lovey Smith. So Lovey Smith, he was the defensive coordinator in Houston last year. I don't know. Everyone knew that, but he's the former Bears coach. He's the former Buccaneers head coach. So Lovey Smith gets his next coaching job. Remember, he was also at the University of Illinois. So a little bit shocking there because I look at what unit overachieved for the Texans. It had to be their offense in most games here with uh, their combination of David Culley and Tim Kelly, but they stick with Lovey Smith in-house. So I don't know what that says about the Texans is they didn't have a lot of other better candidates, but it's good to see Lovey Smith get one more shot and that interesting beard he has, uh, the white beard with the black hair. So it's... Uh, Fun to see him on the sidelines, but let's hope Lovey gets a better deal here. It didn't work out last time versus Dirk Cutter that he got to undercut there in Tampa. So I do like Lovey quite a bit. He was a really good guy there when he was the Rams defensive coordinator. So let's hope that Lovey gets an offense here and gets a quarterback solution, unlike David Culley here that was left hanging with Deshaun Watson all offseason and all season long here, which was Really unfortunate. That's going to be really depend on what we get from the Texans. Maybe you'll see the familiarity with Davis Mills gives him a shot here. So a lot of things to figure out with the Texans. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, featuring the expert analysis of one Lee Sterling. So big week, of course, with the Super Bowl, all the bets there. So check it out here on the network, and we'll have more gambling and fantasy football insight with the big game as well. So we'll start looking at Super Bowl 56 uh, starting tomorrow. A lot of the interesting storylines there. So we'll break that game down for you tomorrow and go all the way to Super Bowl week here. And uh, again, maybe we'll have a little crossover fun with the other shows on location in LA. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and we'll catch you on tomorrow's show.